0: Happy Wednesday everyone, and welcome to another episode of Homemade Ops. Today we're continuing our series about the home buying process, where we're gonna give you some great considerations. Three questions you should ask yourself when you're buying a new home, so check it out. (laughs) All right, let's start out today with a couple couple deals that is themed along with our theme for the episode today of home buying so it's a little bit about home appliances so when you're buying a home a lot of times it can be overwhelming because you're like oh my gosh now i need a fridge and a washer and a dryer and, maybe a, dishwasher. and
1: a bunch of, more other, <laughs> a bunch the of co- more
0: other stuff yeah the costs add up really really fast which is difficult so we have a couple tips for to save money on those So if possible, um, the best time to buy home appliances is going to be on Black Friday.
1: One of the best times for Mm -hmm. sure. And when we mean uh, by home appliances, we mean the actual machinery, the fridge, washer, dryer, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's usually the best time. Um, when we bought ours a few years ago, you know, they, the people at the store told us this is the lowest, they make their prices all year, which is awesome. you wanna stick around any holiday though, Memorial Day, whatever, if you don't have an option, but definitely try and do Black Friday. So if you know you're gonna buy a home in the spring, try and buy those appliances because a lot of times they let you put them on layaway. We actually bought ours almost a year before our house was ready. Because like like we'd mentioned before, we were building. We didn't know it was going to be done. So we bought them and it was almost a full year before we actually moved them in.
1: It was crazy. So when our home was being built, they originally said like, what, five months? And then, and then it turned into six. Then it turned into Pretty seven, typical. eight, <laughs> nine. It, it was almost <laughs> a year from signing the paperwork when we said, OK, we're going to buy this home. Let's reserve it. And so we go over on Black Friday. So we signed the paperwork in October. Black Friday rolls around in November. We buy all of our crap. (laughs) We buy all of our crap. And uh, all of these, so all these different retailers that we were at, uh, one of them that was a huge surprise was actually RC Willie. Now, if you're in a different state, you're probably not familiar with RC Willie, but they're just a, a local furnishing company in the Rocky Mountain area. Well, they let us hold our stuff there. We bought a fridge from them and washer and dryer for like eight months.
0: And they didn't even bug us, like call us and say, when are you gonna pick up your fridge? And then they delivered it for us.
1: It's insane. It excellent, excellent customer service. I mean, keeping that stuff in their warehouse is that's money. That's money to them. So allowing so allowing us to do that was really, really cool of that company. Now there's a then I think uh, Lowe's and Home Depot, they have like a 90 day or something like that. So utilize that time if you're going to be buying some stuff. If there's some good deals now, well, then maybe buy them now, but just have them hold the the actual machinery for just a little bit of time until you find a place to store it or your home gets built.
0: It also helps spread out the cost. So maybe you're not paying everything, all your closing oh, yeah. costs do. But that, that leads to our tip too, is most places... We actually learned um, we went around to like Home Depot, Lowe's, R.C. Well, just a bunch of places that sell. We we're going to fridge, washer and dryer. And we found it's great to usually buy them at once because they have bundle and safe. So if you buy three appliances, you'll get 20 percent off or something like that.
1: And a free gift. Like They mm-hmm. gave us uh, an air fryer. Oh, it was great.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of places we found out, though, they all are selling the exact same products for that year um, with the same prices um every pretty much everywhere it was the same but we found the place that had the most perks for us was RC willy because they would hold the product for longer as well as we got the free air fryer which is great so maybe realize that pick the fridge washer or dry you want and shop around and see who'll give you the best benefits generally they have prices pretty similar because all the same models for that year
1: and crazy discounts like i because it's really funny when you're a kid when it comes to Black Friday, you're looking for all the toys and all that kind of fun stuff. When you become an adult, you're like, wow, this bucket of paint is great. Look at the deal on this thing. It's like 15 bucks off. That is that is seriously what your, your scope of life totally changes when you become a parent or a homeowner or an adult. So it's, uh, we found these, like we got a fridge and it was a really good one. It's a Samsung, pretty darn big fridge for less than a thousand bucks. And it was originally, the original price was 1800. So if you can wait, it's worth the wait when it comes to these deals.
0: All right, so along with home buying, we were talking about buying appliances. On Monday, we were talking about all the different parties involved. Today, for our topic, we're gonna talk a little bit about some home buying considerations. Now, these are a little bit more kind of our thoughts on what can help you decide whether or not you should buy a home, Um, and these are things that helped us personally decide what to do because a lot of times it can be pretty overwhelming. It's a lot of money. Um, it's a big decision to make, it's a big commitment, you're deciding where you're going to live, where you're going to invest your resources, your time, your com- you know, get to know your community. And so we feel like these three questions are pretty helpful to maybe give you a good idea. And if you feel- we feel like if you can answer yes to these three questions, then, you, you know, it's probably a good choice to buy your home or at least consider it. So question number one is, is it a good investment? So what we mean by that is you do not have to be a financier and look at the present value of the home payments and try and understand fully the market. We're not market real estate experts by any means. But I think with this question, what it means to me is looking at maybe the future of that particular neighborhood or that city you're looking at living in and also looking at the condition of the house. How old is the house? What condition is it in? Maybe are you going to have to completely replace all of the carpet or
1: the roof next year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so those are kind of things to think about. Or maybe if there's a neighborhood, we'd actually looked at um, a townhome in a neighborhood where it was a cute townhome, price wasn't that bad, but the neighborhood just was kind of an older neighborhood and it, it didn't, f- maybe could have been an up and coming neighborhood, but it was just kind of hard to tell. It, it didn't feel like a great place. And so um, I think it's important to look at what do you think the future of that city is? What does the growth look like?
1: So you have to develop a mindset and the mindset is okay. you're going to become an investor. So when you're purchasing a home, are you going to be using this home for investment purposes or are you going to be using this just a place to live? Now, having that kind of distinction can be a little bit dangerous because if you're viewing a home just as a home, it's still an investment. You're still investing money. You're putting money into it. You're increasing value. You're extending your asset base. Now, remember in previous episodes, we talked about what assets are, basically things that you own that help you develop wealth, appreciate wealth. Well, that's what a home is going to do. I mean, how many times have you heard people saying, oh, my home, when I bought it was $50,000 and then uh, 10 years down the road, I sold it for 120. Well, no one says that anymore. Homes are way more expensive than that. (laughs) But back in the day, right? So your home is literally an investment. So you need to treat it as such. So, of course, you don't want to go too much money. You don't want to put too much money that you can't afford it because you usually have to take out a loan to afford a home. The best thing to do is, of course, pay it in cash, right? Like that would be the dream. But if you don't have $300,000 lying around. Like most normal people. (laughs) like no, Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) most normal people, you're going to usually have to take out a mortgage. Well, then you need to take this consideration. This is so important. Is this a good investment, number one? So like Kimberly is saying, is it in a good neighborhood? Is it going to appreciate in value? Am I in a state or a city that is going to grow? Because if it's not, then the price may drop of that home. Now, usually long-term investments, when you purchase a home, you should view it as a long-term investment. They usually appreciate over time, right? That's the general trend when it comes to homes. Property, if you own property, that increases in value, that kind of thing. So you have to think like an investor, not just like a home buyer, but an actual investor.
0: And you have to think about, you know, say you have a plan to live there for five years. A lot of people do that, especially buying a starter home, things like that. You think, would I wanna live in this neighborhood in five years? And if maybe, you know, the neighborhood's kind of going downhill or the city doesn't have a lot of growth or maybe they're, you know, building in that area that's going to decrease the value of your home, then buyers aren't going to want to as much either or they're not going to want to pay as much as you did. So like Todd said, even if you're just living in the home, it's still an investment of your resources. It's probably one of the biggest investments you'll ever make. Financially in your life and so you want to make sure that your money's going the right place So then you don't get underwater where your home is worth less when you're trying to sell
1: it We know people that uh, got a home just because they thought they should get a home, right? It's like, hey Let me just get a home because that's what everyone does and they don't think about these things and then they're Trying to sell it at a loss a couple years later. You want to avoid that So then that comes the second point number two and that is is it a good fit for your family So if you're going to actually live in this, so if you're not using the home like for investments to generate income, for example, I buy a duplex and then I rent it out, right? So then you have people that are paying the mortgage instead of you, but you own the risk basically. If you are going, so we're not talking about that. If you are going to own the home and live in it, is it going to be a good fit for your family? So what are your short-term and long-term plans for the home? Are you planning on Uh, Selling within a few years. Are you going to have are you planning on having children? How much space are you going to need? Uh, Some the reason why we bring this up is because some people don't know how to generate the scope or generate the proper scope of the future Now, what I mean by that is, let's say one person's thinking, oh, I would love to have six kids, right? And let's say they have zero. So a newlywed couple, they want six kids. Okay, well, then I need to buy a home that has like seven or eight bedrooms, right? (laughs) Well, you're probably not going to be able to afford that. So you need to have some strategy when it comes to planning. Now, you don't want to, of course, you want to buy a home for a long-term investment. We'll talk about a little bit more about that why in just a few minutes. It's with fees and appreciation is the main thing. But you don't want to buy a home that is too large where you then are stuck paying mortgage the rest of your life, super high in or super high payments once a month and now you can't afford anything else. You can't afford to save money, for example.
0: Where you don't and you don't need that space right now but you're paying for it. And not only are you paying for it with the space with the mortgage size, but you're paying to heat it, you're paying to cool it and use all of that space.
1: Exactly. So you need to think in increments. Like what so, am I going to buy and then sell a home within two years? That's usually too short. If you remember, this is based on if you're going to buy it for your family, right? It's like, oh, let me just buy a home and then in two years I'll just sell it and then we'll get another house. Very rarely does that work because you actually have to allow the home to appreciate in value to cover any closing costs.
0: A lot of times we'll hear the phrase, which there's a lot of truth to this, of, Hey, you know, rent is so expensive, it's about as much as a mortgage. Which at that point, it is interesting. Like, hey, let's consider should I get a house instead? But maybe if your plans aren't very solidified, you think, well, maybe I'll get a house for like a year or two, but you know, maybe we'll go back to school or we'll move somewhere else, or maybe I'll just get a little place, but then you have kids. So then all of a sudden you're trying to sell it in a year or two, but you'll realize that. Rent is different. Rent, you move in and you pay your rent. A mortgage, there's a lot of other fees with it. There's closing costs, there's HOA fees, there's utilities. Remember, if anything breaks, you have to cover it. So maybe if you're in your more transient time of your life, it might not make sense to buy a home for your family because things could change very quickly and it makes you less flexible. You have to be a little bit more willing to put down roots, usually for at least a few years to be able to make those closing costs and all the additional fees with owning a home besides a mortgage worth it.
1: So it's very tricky. So you have to think, okay, if I'm gonna be moving within a year or two, maybe I shouldn't be buying a home unless I want it for investment purposes. So let's say I buy a home. And if, so if you're thinking like an investor and you're like, hey, I'm gonna buy this home in a pretty lucrative area where I know people are gonna rent it out, maybe near a university, cool. Well, then you buy it, live in there for a couple of years, you leave out of state, you can keep that home and then rent it out to somebody else and now you're accumulating wealth. That's some strategy that we'll talk about in the future. That's not what we're we're talking about right now though. We're talking about families, homes. If I'm going to own a home, if you're going to just own it for two years, probably not going to, if you think that at all, probably would not be best getting out a mortgage to purchase a loan. Or and, a the,
0: and the hassle of buying and selling a home is pretty, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. takes a lot of time too. And it can be a multi-month process of selling or buying a home. It just makes you less flexible. So I think the idea is understanding the goals and the plans your family has. Obviously no one can completely predict the future, but you want to have a general idea of what your plans are.
1: So let's use a, a simple example of what we're exactly talking about here with short term. So short term, number one, you don't want to buy a home and sell it within a year or two, because then your uh, taxes are going to be higher, much higher usually, it depends on the state, but they're going to be much higher than if you wait two years. So you want to wait at least two years, but you still want to be in a home usually a lot longer for that.
0: And that's going to be the taxes on the sale of the home. Normally, if you've been living in a home um, for several years, then you don't have with that money that you earn from selling the home. You don't have to pay taxes on. But if you've lived in there too short, you will have to pay taxes on the sale of the home. Big distinction that you've got to be careful for.
1: You have to be careful about that. So if uh, so it's a serious thing, like Kimberly was saying this, it's a serious deal. This is probably gonna be one of the largest purchases you ever make in your life, one of the largest commitments, because you're literally saving hundreds of thousands of dollars in an asset that's going to be yours. And you're gonna be paying that for 30 years if you do a 30 year interest, a mortgage, right? So let's use simple numbers, $100,000. Let's say my home is $100,000, I wish. But if it was, well, Let's say it appreciates in value over two years. Let's say it appreciates 15 to 20% over the course of two years. Well, that's pretty good, right? So that means my home is roughly $120,000 now. Awesome. And you're thinking, well, I'm going to go ahead and sell it because that's a lot of extra money now. I Oh, I made so much money off of my appreciation. Let me go ahead and sell it. So you do. Well, guess what? You're going to be paying fees. If it's less than two years, you're going to be paying those income taxes like Kimberly was talking about. You're going to be paying a bunch of other fees. You're going to have real estate agents. You're going to have closing costs, all sorts of stuff. And now yet that extra 20 grand, you're going to notice a big chunk of that is going to be eaten away from the people, all those different third parties involved. So now you only keep like, let's say, eight grand of that. So now, so you bought a home. You sold the home, you made $8,000 over the course of two years. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> and even then, a lot of times people get underwater when it's that, selling it that quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. So a lot
0: of times you can go to where it's worth less by the time all the fees are taken. You know, the, all the fees with involved with selling. And if you count all the closing costs that you originally paid to, it can add up and be a ton.
1: So just be careful of that, okay? make that. That's, make sure that's one of your biggest considerations when it comes to purchasing a home are you going to stay in it long term
0: I think the idea with this question of is it a good fit for your family is every family looks different so for our particular situation we moved around a lot when we were first married we got married when we were in school so we were definitely in a transient phase and definitely didn't have a ton of money we were both in school so we rented for several years before we even considered buying a home and so that worked well for us Some people, um, you know, they'll buy a home when they're single and they get their first job or after they have four kids. It just kind of depends on your situation, but you want to kind of think about what makes sense for you instead of just thinking, well, you know, it's similar to price of rent. I'll just get a home. Not a big deal. Obviously, you don't want to be afraid to get a home, but you just kind of want to have a plan at least for the next few years and think, does buying a home right now fit into that plan and does my size of home fit into that plan right now? So question number 3 is going is can you honestly afford the cost. So it can be very tricky when You're buying a home, it kind of messes with your brain, where it's so much money, more money than you've seen before. You know, buying a home is so much money and you just take a mortgage that it's really easy to just get lost in the dollars. So for example, you may say, Oh, my budget is X amount of dollars, and then you see a home that you just love, that's an extra 20 grand. And then you look at your mortgage calculator like you know, those payments are a little bit painful, but we could probably do it because we just really love the home. It's really easy to get caught up in the emotions of it. Um, and in addition, there's usually a bunch of hidden costs. So for example, like we talked a lot about closing costs, there always going to be a little more than you expect. There are property taxes. A lot of times there's HOAs. There's utilities. If anything breaks, you have to cover it. There's a lot of costs, especially if you're going from renting to buying, that you just wouldn't really expect. Um, and so along with that, you want to be thinking about, if these are all the costs, can I really afford that every month? And be honest with yourself because in the emotions of home buying, it's easy to think, well, I could probably do that. That's probably fine. We just really, really want that house. It's not that much more money. So you wanna be thinking about, can I honestly afford it? When you're away from the home, when you're not looking about it, it's usually good to set your budget before you even start the process and set a strict budget and say, this is the budget, we absolutely cannot go over it. And tell your agent and say, we absolutely cannot go over this budget. Like this is the top. And just set a very strict budget. And then you know if anything is at that budget or below, I'm comfortable, I can afford that. Set that before you find your dream home. Then you're not so heartbroken and you're not trying to justify yourself that you can afford something you actually can't.
1: So one of the biggest wake up calls that people get is Buying a home and having to pay for everything themselves. <laughs> its uh, So make sure you're prepared for this. So when the company, like Kimberly says, when the company is going to offer you, or they say, hey, this is what your monthly payment is going to be, that's great, but just know it's gonna be several hundred dollars more than that in reality. Because now you have all those additional costs that stack up. You now have to pay bills. You know, you have to pay insurance taxes, taxes, all of these extra costs that you'd never anticipated beforehand. So just double check that and make sure you know what you're walking into. Now, don't let this scare you, though. Don't let this scare you, because maybe it makes sense to get a home. Maybe it's time to because if you're paying rent your whole life, well, now I'm making somebody else rich because I'm paying for them to I'm paying them to stay at a place and I'm not getting that particular asset. So maybe it makes sense, okay, if, uh, if my rent is about the same as a mortgage, you know, with all those costs included, all else being equal, well, at that point, maybe it makes sense to get a mortgage and you should pull the trigger on it. So talk with consultants, talk with your uh, your significant other, and make sure that you're comfortable doing this so that way you don't run into any problems down the road. Last point that I want to make on this topic before we move on is something called the two income trap. Now, you want to be careful about this. Because in your consideration, what is the two income trap? Well, when you're young, usually not and not all the time, but usually you have uh, when you get married, you don't have kids yet. Let's say you're in that situation. They're
0: called dinks. Double income, no kids. Usually.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's a two income household now that you're developing. You have money coming in from your partner and your money coming in from you. If you're in the situation, we understand that a lot of people won't be. Well, when people are in that situation, they think, look at how much money we're making. We can totally afford this. What happens, though, if you pull out a mortgage and you, de- and you create all of your calculations and your assessments on purchasing a home based on both of those incomes? Well, what happens if one person gets laid off? What happens if one person has a disability, heaven forbid, where they no longer can work any longer, uh, an accident or whatever it may be? Well, now you have only one person that's able to work. And you're basically living in a house that was designed for two incomes, but now you only have one income.
0: It goes back to that topic we, we talked about this a few podcast episodes ago about not living within your means, but living below your means. Because then if you get an unfortunate situation then you're not worried. You're not living at the top of the bucket. Or even what we talked about last week about lifestyle inflation. You're not having expenses that you can't manage if something goes wrong. Not even if something goes wrong. If you have a mortgage that's so expensive, you're paying that for 30 years and or 15 to 30 years. And then you don't have extra money to put towards other investments. Or when your situation changes. It's a long-term investment, like we talked about earlier. So you don't want to tie up all of your money into this home. You wanna still have the flexibility where if your situation changes, something happens to one of you, or one of you doesn't wanna work, maybe you have kids and one of you wants to go part-time, or stop working, or take a break from working, then it gives you that flexibility to be able to do so. Now a lot of, so let's review really quick the three questions. Question number one is, is it a good investment? Question number two is, is it a good fit for your family? And question number three is, can you honestly afford the cost? Now, we focused a lot on kind of the more conservative side of it this episode. Being careful that you're not being too confident that yeah, I can just buy this really expensive home. However, don't be afraid to buy a home. Just use these as a guide because if you can confidently um, answer yes to these questions, then you should feel pretty confident about buying a home. If you feel like it's a good investment, if you feel like it's a good fit for your family right now, and if you feel like you can afford the cost, then that's a great opportunity to potentially buy a home, get an asset, and invest in your family. So think about those questions. Those are kind of a good guide. and. In our mind, when we were looking to buy a home, it was helpful that we could answer yes to those three questions and we felt confident buying a home, we didn't feel so much fear. A lot of times there can be fear and nervousness around spending so much money, as there should be. I mean, it's a big investment, it's a lot of money, but if you can answer yes to those three questions, then usually you can feel pretty good about your decision. So, for our weekly meeting action item with our topics this week, if you're looking into buying a home, It's kind of a specific topic for the week. Then think about each of these considerations and be honest with yourself. Talk with your spouse. It's great to do this before you guy home because it becomes really, really hard Once you find that home that you just love and you kind of get caught up in the emotions of the process, it becomes really difficult to think with a clear mind. So set expectations before, set your budget before, feel confident answering these questions and go for it. Buy that home. Take that next step. Just do it with a mind that you can feel good about and also a pocketbook that you can feel good about every Mm -hmm. month when you make your payment. So thanks for joining us today. We hope these tips are helpful for you if you're looking at buying a home, and we hope they give you some confidence to take that next step. As a reminder, Friday Friends is gonna be awesome this week. We have Ryan Ogden, who is our realtor, who's gonna give us a lot of really great tips. He's got a ton of experience in the industry, and he used to build homes before, so he's really knowledgeable. And here's a quick sample of that conversation.
1: So this same thing happens often a lot with buyers, Building new construction. They're like, why do I need an agent? I just go straight to the builder and they have a nice salesperson there and they're so helpful Mm, and they're going to help me. I don't need you. I don't need a buyer's agent on my side. I have many, many, many experiences with builders taking advantage of buyers and not doing quality work and not doing what they say they were going to do. I step in and I force them try to force them and often are successful forcing them to do what they're supposed to do
0: it was a really awesome conversation with a lot of great tips so check it out and let us know what you think if you like this episode please subscribe and leave us a review let us know what you think and we'd love to hear from you you can also write us on social media on instagram or facebook we're always open for questions if you have any future topics you want to discuss thanks so much we'll see you next time on homemade ops The information shared on our show is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be advice. Reach out to a professional for your specific situation.